This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. February 2nd, you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul Hoynes, uh, late last night, overnight, uh, story broke from The Athletic, and it uh, actually involves the Indians. Uh, former pitching coach Mickey Calloway uh, has been accused by five women of uh, inappropriate conduct uh, spanning the time that he was in Cleveland to the time when he managed the Mets and now as the pitching coach in Los Angeles. Uh, the report details uh, a pattern of sending text messages, uh, being aggressive in pursuing uh, women and, and making them uncomfortable and uh, unwanted harassment. And really, this is a story that not only reflects very badly on Mickey Calloway, but you know, could have far-reaching uh, sort of implications for the Indians, depending on who knew what and when within the organization. Uh, what was your reaction when you first heard about this story in the Athletic? Uh, five women coming forward telling their story of harassment at the hands of Mickey Calloway. You know, I was I was surprised, Joe. I was surprised. I was shocked, and I was uh, you know I was disgusted. I mean, you know, how, how much. How many times do, do guys have to do this? I mean, you know, we've got the Mets GM. This, you know, this comes what two weeks after the Mets GM, you know, was was harassing one one reporter for on and on and on, and finally, you know, caused the reporter basically to leave the field, and uh, you know, he he was fired, and I'm sure Mickey, you know, Callaway is going to get fired as well, but by the Angels, you can't. Yeah, that's uh, the only recourse the Angels have in this day and age. And, you know, he deserves it. I mean, the story that there was text in the story, there was pictures of him in the story, you know, that he was texting the female uh, reporters and, and I guess female, you know, maybe club employees. We don't know for sure who, who was involved in this. But, uh, you know, and it's, you know, it's when you do it, when you're with three different teams and you're still doing it, you know, that's, that's a, that's, that's a pattern and you, you know, it's gotta be stopped. Right. Uh, Jared Porter was the, uh, the GM who was recently hired by the, the Mets and then uh, let go uh, within a month uh, after the story uh, came out, uh, ESPN story uh, came out with his pattern of pursuing a, a foreign uh, based female reporter uh, who he uh, harassed in multiple cities through through multiple jobs where, uh, you know, he had been employed in the league. Uh, and then to find out that the same guy who hired Jared Porter, uh, Sandy Alderson, uh, also hired Mickey Calloway as the, uh, the manager of the, the Mets uh, and fired him after two years. But still, uh, to, to see that, that you know, it, they're, they're, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's, there's just too much of a coincidence there. Uh, you know, 
perhaps as, as Major League Baseball does open this investigation into Mickey Calloway uh, and, and his behavior that, you know, maybe it also expands to Sandy Alderson uh, if it needs to, just to understand what the, what the hiring practices were and what, what he knew and when and what he thinks is permissible uh, for a, a position of power such as manager or pitching coach or, or, or whatever in the league. Uh, let's, let's talk about though, you know, what this means for the Indians specifically, uh, the Indians came out with a statement, uh, almost immediately after the story was, uh, was posted, uh, they, they disavowed any knowledge of, of anything that, that went on, uh, you know, when they were, uh, when, when Mickey Calloway was employed by the club and they, you know, reaffirmed their position of. Uh, you know, being a, a, a workplace of inclusion and uh, free of harassment and that they wouldn't stand for, for such behavior. Uh, they said that they were cooperating with, uh, you know, and conducting a review and, and would cooperate with Major League Baseball. Uh, what, what could be the outcome here for the Indians uh, if, if things are revealed that, you know, maybe they knew about this before, uh, before anything happened? Yeah, if, well, if there is evidence that uh, the club was informed of this, that the, uh, the women that were getting harassed had, had emailed or uh, complained to, you know, uh, members of the club or, you know, uh, to, to up the, cha- the ladder of, uh, you know, the chain of command, if there's evidence to that, I would think, you know, you're, you're looking at the, the, the club is looking at fines and, uh, you know, perhaps loss of draft picks, maybe somebody gets fired. I mean, this is, you know, this is uh, something that, that, that can't go on. Um, you know, so far we should say there's, there's no evidence of that, but, uh, um, you know, but I, this is a serious, this is a serious offense and it's a serious, uh, a matter that all 30 baseball teams, you know, <laughs> have to take a look at, they have to, you know, improve their vetting pro- uh, process when they hire people in positions of power. It's it's funny, you know. It, it seems like every time baseball seems to take a step forward in regards to issues of race or in regards to issues of you know women's harassment or anything like that. Uh, just recently, there was you know a couple of stories about women getting first time getting jobs within baseball. Uh, Kim Ng, the uh, the new GM down in. Uh, Miami for the Marlins. That's the first uh, woman general manager for a major pro sports franchise in, in North America. Uh, the Boston Red Sox recently hired a, uh, a, a female pitching coach, uh, I, I believe. Uh, a hitting coach, hitting coach. Hitting, Bianca, hitting coach. Smith Bianca from Smith. From Case right. Western Reserve. Okay. Right. Uh, I, I mean, these are, these are major steps forward in, in you know, women's representation in a sport that is, it's, it's incredibly male dominant, dominated through the years. At, you know, at the more of these steps that, that come, come to light and, and are, are taking place, then you get two stories like this pop up within uh, a, a week of each other. It, it sort of brings you back to earth and says, you know, for as much, for as many Kim Ings and Bianca Smiths and, you know, success and positive stories, there are still hundreds and hundreds of untold stories of harassment and, and women being, you know, kept down and, and, and just abused in this way. And it's, it's not, it's not something that baseball is wearing very well right now. Yeah. You know, baseball is a reflection of society, you know, um, you know harassment is a part of, 
uh, society in the workplace. And, um, you know, it's something baseball has to take a serious look at. It's, you know, this is, you know, this is, this is a problem that's not going away because more and more women are coming into the field, you know, as coaches now, even, uh, you know, it's reporters, it's play by play, uh, you know, broadcasters, uh, you know, on TV, you know, so it, you know, it, baseball has to open, be, be all inclusive, you know, they, they have to, uh, you know, they, they want to attract fans of all, all, all nature, you know, creeds, colors, and sexes. So, you know, you have to be able to operate like, uh, you know, you have to be able to operate on the up and up and, uh, you know, treat everybody fairly and not, not have someone, uh, you know, afraid that they, they can't carry out their job because of harassment that that's, you can't do that. Right. And, uh, you know, from our perspective, we come into contact very infrequently in the, in the, in the press box, uh, only a few female reporters regularly on the beat, uh, you know, with us in the press box. So, uh, sometimes it's, it's almost hard to even know what you're doing wrong and, and when you're doing, I'm not making excuses for anybody, but it's hard for even some of us to recognize when somebody else is doing wrong and call them out for it. So I can understand why, uh, you know, if, if back in 2016, 2017, Mickey Calloway was behaving inappropriately towards somebody and either people didn't notice it or didn't realize it, but in today's current setting, in today's, you know, with, with the knowledge that we have now in, in, in today's modern, you know, situation, uh, I, I think you can't stand for it uh, at all. And if, if you don't call it out, then you are part of the problem and you're not part of the solution in that regard. Yeah, and um, you know this is you know it's hard to monitor you know text messages and um, you know you don't know that's going on as, as a reporter as a male reporter in the locker room you don't know what what is going on to that degree but you know I think you know this is a tough job and female reporters are kind of at a disadvantage uh, you know with with it, when they cover a, you know an all male team I think they you know. What, what's the, what are the boundary lines? How do you develop sources? Is this guy going to, you know, take the wrong idea when, when, when you ask him for your phone number or can you call him and, and ask him about a story? You know, so it, it's, but I, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the players I think are, are improving, you know, players coming up from high school and, and college, they, they, they know, you know, having a female uh, reporter in the locker room isn't a big deal. Uh, but it's still obviously a problem. It's still a problem and it has to be addressed by Major League Baseball. I, you know, I'm sure they have, you know, every team, every organization has their, you know, the, the, uh, harass, the, se the sexual harassment classes, you know, every year and uh, they go through that. But, you know, it, it has to be taken a little farther, it seems. Right. Okay. Uh we, as an organization, we're, we're looking for and we're reaching out to uh, any women who, who might have come into contact with Mickey Calloway uh, during that time when he was in Cleveland. Uh, we'd like to give a voice to anybody who has something to say about this, whether it's on or off the record. And also, if anybody has any texts or emails that they want to share with us and are interested in holding, we're interested in holding people accountable 
in, in this regard. So uh, if you feel like things were not handled appropriately by the, by the organization or by anybody, you know, we want to know when this was all happening, uh, what was going on. Uh, feel free to reach out to, to Hoynesy or myself. With Indians baseball right around the corner, there's never been a better time for you to register for Indian subtext. Our subscriber-based service gives you the inside scoop and analysis on the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions. It's a great way to avoid the trolls on social media, and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why should you sign up? Here's one of our subscribers, Bill from Arizona. I think it's great the way uh, uh, you guys have handled it this year and appreciate the fact that, you know, you usually, uh, when you're able, respond pretty uh, quickly, either just to me or to, you know, to, to everybody. And it's nice to have a little insight on some things and then maybe an hour or two later, the story will break. I kind of feel like I'm sort of, you know, on the QT in the know and it's fun. Bill and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the team and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or text Hoinsey or Joe at 216-208-4346. Again, that's joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or send a text message to 216-208-4346. We look forward to having you as a member of Indian subtext. Let's uh, let's turn it back to baseball, turn it back to the league, and, and, and talk a little bit about uh, on-field stuff. Uh, the Major League Baseball Players Association uh, turned down a proposal by the league uh, overnight to uh, shorten the season to 154 games, uh, delay the start until the end of April. Uh, so it looks like we're, we're going to get baseball starting on April 1st. Yeah, Joe. I mean, with the uh, you know the the union uh, rejecting MLB's uh, proposal, um, you know camps are supposed to open uh, the middle of this month, uh, probably around February seventeenth. Um, you know, in Arizona, in Florida, uh, it's gonna it, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting uh, um, you know exercise because I, I don't think the teams really know how many players they can have in their facilities at the same time. They're going to have to go through the protocols, you know, as we, and, uh, you know, the, the same, you know, tier one, tier two, tier three protocols are going to be in place that were in place during this, the 60 game season last year. So this is going to be uh, an interesting, interesting endeavor. And uh, they're going into two hot spots with COVID. So, you know, I, I, I would imagine we can expect, you know, there's going to, if they get through this, uh, you know, more power to them, but I would expect that there are going to be some delays and, and uh, you know, some stops and starts to this thing. Uh, one of the things that will not be included in this upcoming season now is that universal DH or, you know, as it stands right now, uh, that was part of the proposal made by, made by the league uh, for whatever reason, the, the union rejected that. I mean, that's, that's 15 more jobs for them or, or the, uh, the, the potential for 15 more jobs for, for veteran players uh, to, to be DHs in the national league. Uh, does, does it make sense to you that the, the union would have turned down this proposal just based on that alone? 
Well, I think they were, you know, they've turned it down before. And, uh, and they were, I think they were upset that the, the, uh, the owners threw this in, you know, kind of uh, piggybacked it on the, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, proposal to, to delay the start of the season. And, uh, and I think that that's a bargaining chip that I probably want to save for the basic agreement when that ends after the 2021 season. They also turned down expanded playoffs, you know, uh, seven teams in each league. Um, and, the, you know, by rejecting this proposal, they rejected that as well. So, uh, you know, that's interesting. I would have liked to seen the expanded playoffs, but they right, feel right. like, you know, if the more you, the more, you know, the more places, the more spots you have in the, in the postseason, the less teams are uh, willing to uh, improve the club, improve their club, spend money on players because it's easier to get into the postseason. All right. Uh, the Indians uh, have indicated that they are, uh, ready to release their report dates. They'll do that sometime later on this afternoon. Uh, so we'll know exactly when the Indians will be reporting to camp, uh, who will be reporting when. Uh, figure it's sometime around that that's February 17th date uh, as, as to when uh, things will get going in Indians camp. Uh, things will look a little different with, uh, with no Brad Mills there, uh, sort of running the show for, for Terry Francona. So yeah, DeMarlo Hale will take over. Uh, assume that that he would be uh, in charge of, of setting the schedules for the for the camp and and all those details. But uh, one thing that won't be that they won't have to deal with is uh, fans at the workouts. Uh, the Indians uh, revealing that no fans will be allowed on the the Goodyear uh, Athletic Complex uh, training grounds uh, for you know seeking autographs, anything like that, to watch practices. Uh, there will be limited ticket sales at spring training Cactus League games. Uh, that's what they're hoping to have uh, when, once games start up later on in camp. But at least at the beginning, uh, when there's all that opportunity for fans to interact with, uh, with players, uh, that won't be the case this year uh, due, to the, due to the virus. Yeah, they're selling tickets uh, in uh, you know, pods of up to six seats, you know, six pods, a group. Uh, they're going to be socially distanced. Fans are going to have to wear masks at the ballpark at Goodyear ballpark. And they're, you know, they're not going to, you know, season ticket holders, you know, they're going to be limited to, to, I think, to two sections, you know, they're not going to be, they're going to be as close as they can to their, to their old seats, but it's, you know, some of those seats are going to be, uh, you know, are, are unavailable just because of, uh, you know, the, the COVID requirements. Right. And the Indians really did wait until, uh, you know, as long as they could before sending this message out. I mean, they had to get some message out to the the, the ticket holders out in Arizona to, to let them know, hey, uh, we're going to try to have fans in the stands uh, as much as we can. This is what we're going to do. Uh, but, you know, people were starting to ask questions. It was it was getting to the last minute here. And, you know, this whole situation with the league doesn't really uh, – it didn't really help things as, as much because nobody really knew what was going on up until, you know, yesterday. Yeah. I mean, nobody had made airline reservations. I think people had made their hotel reservations, but you know, you still don't know, you still don't know for sure, you know, because uh, the virus is going to have the final say like it always does. And uh, you know, so, but right now things are proceeding, you know, <laughs> on course, I guess. And, uh, who knows what's what the next six, seven, or eight weeks hold for 
all for, uh, you know, Major League Baseball and spring training and, and a regular season. What do you think the chances are that come April 1st, we've got an opening day and we've got a, uh, a game here in Cleveland? You know, I think, uh, I think they, they will do this, Joe. I think if, you know, they, they proved they could play 60 games last year in the middle of the pandemic, uh, you know, I think uh, they learned a lot. Uh, I think, you know, the seriousness of the matter has kind of been driven home, especially to the players. They're the ones that pushed this, you know, and if the union and if they're, you know, if they want to keep their, uh, you know, if they want to keep the rank and file he healthy, they're going to have to follow the protocols. So, you know, I think they will be able to do this, you know, other sports are playing through, through this thing. Uh, but I think it, I don't think it, it, it made so much sense to move it back to the middle of March. I mean, that just made common sense, but common sense does not come into play between you know, the union and the, and the owners. Right. Never has. Uh, speaking of common sense, uh, you know, just want to touch on the Nolan Arenado deal that, that finally went through between the uh, Rockies and the Car uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, really, the, the, the Cardinals basically steal the, the best third baseman in, in baseball out from under the, the Rockies. Uh, Nolan Arenado is going to be playing in St. Louis. Uh, I, I believe five prospects are going back uh, to uh, Colorado in this uh, trade. However, none of them are of, of any real, you know, uh, significance. Uh, Austin Gomber, Luris Montero, Tony Losi, Mateo Gill, and Jake Somers. Uh, so five years from now, if you hear any of those names mentioned uh, in, in all-star talk, you'll, you'll maybe get it. But uh, right now, Nolan Arenado going to the Cardinals, uh, this is a big deal. It, it is, is Colorado, you know, they lost DJ LeMahieu a couple of years ago, and that really had an impact on the, on the club, probably bigger than they thought at the time. Now, next up on the list is Trevor Story, just like the Indians. Uh, they trade away Francisco Lindor. The Rockies trade away Nolan Arenado, and now you're already talking about having to trade away Trevor Story, who's a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, plus uh, the Rockies uh, sent $50 million uh, the Cardinals' way with Arenado. <laughs> so, I mean, that can't be classified as anything but a salary dump. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the one thing, the one big difference between, well, two big differences between the Indians and the Rockies, uh, the Indians don't play a mi at a mile high altitude and they don't play in the NL West. So uh, they've got a fighting chance in the AL Central, but the Rockies with, uh, with San Diego and the Dodgers, you know, they might as well mail this season in. This is, uh, they could not be too many uh, 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 happy Rocky fans at Mile High Stadium. Or Coors Field, I should say. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it, they might as well go play at Mile High Stadium. Maybe there's no fences there right now. Yeah, Joe, and one more thing. Uh, um, uh, Rosario, Eddie Rosario, is coming to Cleveland on Wednesday, take his physical on Thursday, and hopefully he passes, and uh, you know that, that one-year, $8 million deal becomes official. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, we will, uh, we will continue to monitor the Mickey Calloway situation uh, for any details coming out of the Indians organization uh, as we go forward. And uh, we'll, we'll also be tracking the, the latest news on uh, the start to the season, the start to spring training, and, and when we can expect to see guys out there with gloves and caps and, and hitting the ball, uh, hopefully 
sometime soon. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with another edition here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.